So today, before we get started, I'm actually going to start by reading this scripture because knowing your situation and everything that you have been through in these past few years, I honestly cannot read this or hear this without immediately thinking about you and your family. And so I just want to start. It's in James. It's chapter one, and it starts in verse two, where it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And so I think of that because I know when, you know, Paul is talking about trials and just, you know, persevering through suffering and all of that, we tend to think of, you know, the trials of life. But when this verse came to me, you were in the midst of an actual trial, legal trial. And so I just hear this and I think it testifies so much to what I have seen you walk through and and what your family is going through. So I would just love for you, Charity, to kind of take us through really what life has been like and how you have been experiencing grief and trials and suffering. And yet in the midst of that, you truly have had the joy of the Lord. So if you wouldn't mind, really, I'm going to just ask that you start us off by maybe just sharing a little bit, kind of give us a little setup of what your life was looking like prior to the day that your world just kind of fell apart. Yeah. So first of all, thanks for asking me to be here. I was delighted when you called. Um, Also, you know, we are in still the middle of this. And so I thought, well, what is my story? Um, but I definitely have one and I'm so excited to share it with you today. Um, uh, I guess I'll start with my husband and I were married very young. Um, I was 19 and he was 21. We're actually about to celebrate 18 years in a couple weeks. Yeah. That's amazing. That's exciting. That is. Yeah. Um, we met young and we were married in, um, Texas and then we, um, my husband quickly began a career and became very successful in it. Um, I went to college, and then um, after college, I worked for a little bit, but um, then became pregnant with our daughter, Eden, after seven years of marriage, and I knew immediately that I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And Jeff was very supportive of that, and we were able to do that. And again, he was very successful in his business and what he did. Three years after that, we had our son, Jude, still living in Texas, mm-hmm. and he completed our family of four. And um, quickly after he was born, and I do mean quick, like within six weeks, there was a company here in Colorado that reached out to Jeff that scouted him out and wanted him to come run a division um, of their company that was new to them, but they knew he was well-versed in it. So, um It was a difficult decision to make to leave Texas and all of our friends and family, Mm -hmm. but one that we prayed about and felt like it was a good decision for us to do. So we moved to Colorado, just the four of us, with our three-and-a-half-year-old daughter and our 10-week-old son. Oh, wow. Mm Yeah. It was was difficult, but it wasn't because we quickly just fell in love with Colorado and everything it had to offer. Um, Jeff was doing very well in his business. And at this point, we had been married for almost a decade. And uh, financially, we were very well off. We had a beautiful home. We had beautiful cars. Um, We looked like your 
picture-perfect American family mm -hmm. with the house and the white picket fence. Um, and then, um, you know, we, he continued working for the company that he worked for for almost four years. Um, one day he went into work and then he came home early, um, which was very rare for him because he worked very long days. So I thought, gosh, he must have forgotten something mm -hmm. or he's sick or something is not right. And when he walked in, I knew immediately that something was about to change our world forever. Right. Um, he had gone to work, and in that time that he was there for just a couple hours, he was fired and also served with uh, papers. That was a lawsuit um, against him and a few other people for an alleged seven-figure embezzlement scheme. So he now has been fired, and we are now left to navigate through litigation, and we had no idea what we were in for. We had no idea. Um, the kids at the time were seven and three, and um, you know, after communicating with each other, we did not want to tell them anything. We wanted to protect them as best as we could from the burden that we had to bear for mm -hmm. this. Um, they knew that daddy got fired and that he would have another job, but they did not know about the legal trials right. that we were about to go through. And honestly, neither did we. We had no clue. We were now in battle with a million dollar company and we were a young family of four. Mm -hmm. So we ended up having to sell most of anything that we had to fight this battle. Attorneys are very expensive. Life was still happening, though. The kids went to a private school. Um, we still had to have a car. There had to be food on the table. There had to be a roof over our head. And we struggled. Within the first six months, it was all taken away. Wow. So while this is happening, are you thinking in your minds, like, okay, I've, you know, we've been accused of something, but... It's, there's no truth in it, so we're just going to go to court, we're going to get this settled, and then... That's absolutely what I thought. Right. To me, I thought, um, okay, so we're in a lawsuit, a civil lawsuit with this company, and they say we did this and we didn't, so we'll go to court, and they'll talk about their side, and we'll talk about our side, and we'll be done. Right. Little did I know. <laughs> that was definitely not the case. Mm. Um Within the first six months, they tried to take our home away from us, saying that we had bought it on with embezzled money. Okay. Um, and this was actually a hearing before the trial was even scheduled. So it happened in 2015. Uh, November of 2015 is when they tried to take our home. They did not win. The judge ruled in our favor and denied them um, that opportunity to take that away from us. And then um, within the next year, we went through depositions, um, investigations, we had to, you know, they say you're innocent until proven guilty. Mm -hmm. It definitely did not feel that way because we had to prove that we did not embezzle the money. And the way we had to do that was for the whole time that he worked for the company, we had to go back and get bank statements, um, emails, text, or anything that had anything to do with our finances, our tax returns, all of it had to be given to them. Um, so we're now into 2017 two years almost into this litigation. And during their discoveries, they found that Jeff did not file his taxes correctly. He actually did not file his taxes to the state of Colorado. Coming from Texas, there's not state taxes. So when he did our taxes, he just 
didn't file them. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as they discovered that, they vetted the case to the district attorney and to the state of Colorado, and they picked up the case. And so now our civil trial is now criminal. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So Jeff was being, it was alleged that he was a thief and a tax evader. Wow. So what was, so at this point, you know, this happens, and then what does is, what is Jeff do? So, because you guys are in the midst of still going through the court, you know, or you're having these court hearings, hearings. right? You're doing all of this stuff, and then this comes up, and Jeff finds out this has happened. So then what is, kind of what are his next steps? So immediately he filed his taxes correctly to Mm -hmm. the state, um, and then we started making payments to the state. And again, not knowing what was going to happen, we just wanted to right the wrong. Right. Um, It ended up, uh, we were in, we're in 2017. In 2018, the DA ended up dropping the theft charges, not telling us why. Um, I believe it's because there was no proof of theft because Mm -hmm. he was not a thief. He did not embezzle the money. Um, But the tax charges were legit. And Jeff felt like he needed to face the music with it. Mm -hmm. So he actually entered into a plea of guilty um, in 2000, I believe it was 2018, of of failure to file his taxes correctly. Again, it's to the state. It was less than $20,000, and we were in the process of correcting it. But he was guilty of it, so he felt like that's what he needed to do. Mm -hmm. Once that happened, the trial, there was no longer a trial because he had pled guilty, so now there was going to be a sentencing. So um, I believe that the first sentencing was scheduled for... Uh, the end of 2018, it got pushed to January 2019, and then the final one was pushed to February 22nd of this year. And uh, again, the kids, they don't know anything. We're right. trying our hardest to provide a life for them that is as normal as can be, but it was very difficult to try to keep a healthy marriage and a healthy family through all of that was very, very hard. We relied on God the best we knew how, yeah. but there were still very difficult times. Financially, it was a disaster. We now you know, owe money in taxes, and his income had decreased significantly when he got fired and sued. Um, he was in the news. He was in the newspapers. His reputation was smeared. So it was, it was very difficult, mm-hmm. very difficult time. Um, and we knew that the sentencing was coming in February, And leading up to that, like I said, we just tried to make our life as normal as possible. Our daughter, from the time she was like three, she wanted to dance competitively. And we told her when she was 10 that she could try out. And she did. Mm -hmm. And she made it. Mm -hmm. So wouldn't you know that the weekend, because the hearing was on a Friday morning, that weekend was her very first big dance competition. And it was going to be away. It was going to be for three days. And so leading up to the sentencing I was struggling just personally a lot. I was going through depression. Mm. I was very um, disappointed. I was disappointed in the way things had played out. I was disappointed in people. I was disappointed in myself. And I remember specifically one night um, crying out to God, and I said, I cannot take one more thing. I felt like... Everything that I had dreamed for my family was gone. Mm-hmm. Please don't take Jeff away. 
Um, so in the sentencing, I'll just kind of explain. Best case scenario would be probation. Worst case scenario could be prison. And I truly believed, I knew his innocence, and I believed that we would have the best case scenario, what I thought was best case scenario. Mm -hmm. It was less than, like I said, less than $20,000. He's not going to be locked in prison for an innocent mistake. Right. I truly believe that. Right. So the night before, we had the kids stay with some friends, um, and we had planned to meet them at the dance competition. And I was determined that we were going to court together. We were leaving court together. Mm -hmm. Our car was packed, and we were going to go watch Eden dance. Um, so we get to court that morning at 9 a.m., and um, the DA pled their case. Our attorney pled Jeff's case. And then Jeff stood before the judge and said he was sorry mm -hmm. that he had done wrong to the state. He had corrected it. He had hired a CPA. We were no longer going to be doing our taxes. Um, we were going to get professional help, and he apologized. Mm -hmm. And um, within just a few minutes, the judge um, started giving him his sentence. And he let, he let out with 10 years probation. And I was thinking, I was sitting there in the courtroom with some of my friends. I was thinking, wow, 10 years, that's harsh. Mm -hmm. But it's probation, so we can get through that. He's a good man. He's not going to, he's going right. to be fine on probation. Yeah. But the judge wasn't done. And so he goes on to say an 18-month work release. And I'm thinking, what is work release? Does that mean he has an ankle monitor? Like, does he just go to work and come home? What does that look like? Um, so many questions and also shock. But then his final punishment to Jeff was three months in county jail. And I knew exactly what that meant. Mm -hmm. So I sat there in shock as the guards just walked past me and handcuffed him and took him away immediately. So I was sitting there in the courtroom with some friends. And we walked out, stood in a circle, quietly, mm -hmm. in shock. Yeah. And not prepared for what was ahead. Um, I could not wrap my, my mind around what was happening. All I knew is that I need to get to the kids. And I felt like, um, you know, Eden was a part of a dance team and I did not want to let them down or her down. So I felt like it was going to be best for me to go and tell the kids that daddy had to go for a business trip and do the weekend with them as best as I could and then go home and tell them what had happened. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. Uh, my friend was there. She drove me to, it was at the Gaylord. It was about, I think it was probably about an hour drive. And yeah. I lost it yeah. in the car. I was kicking and screaming and yelling and just, I was mad. Mm -hmm. Because I told God I could not handle one more disappointment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he did not do what I asked of him. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I was mad. Um, but we got to the Gaylord, and we, we got through the weekend somehow, by the grace of God. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I was mad at him, but I was still very much talking to him. Yeah. At night, I would go into the shower and just cry out to him, like, please, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, at this point, we had been married for 15 years. Jeff is a very hands-on dad. He's a very active husband. And now I'm left with everything. 
I'm left with, I felt alone and I felt abandoned. Mm -hmm. Although I knew God was there, it's, I didn't feel it. But I still cried out to him and asked him to please help me. Um, and on the drive home, after we got to leave the hotel, um, it was a little less than an hour to get back home. The kids were in the car. They were aggravated because they couldn't understand why dad could not be there because he was at everything. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, I cannot believe dad wasn't here. I'm going to be, I'm, gonna, I'm so mad at him. I'm going to tell him how mad I am at him. And I'm thinking, oh gosh, mm -hmm. <clears throat> how yeah. are we going to get through this? Yeah. But on the drive home, I was quietly praying and I was like, God, you are my provider and you are our protector. And please let there be some purpose in all of this because I don't think that I can handle this. I know that I can't without you. <clears throat> and so when we got home, the kids and I sat in the living room and I told them everything that had happened. And I don't think that I will ever be able to describe those emotions or that moment. It was very painful. Mm -hmm. And... I just, I never wanted them to feel ashamed or embarrassed. You know, we'd always talk to them about our story. Like, what is our story? We're here for a reason. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> what happens to us can bring comfort to others or can bring joy to others. What is our story? And so um, I will never forget, Jeff was able to call us that evening. Um, and my daughter said to him, Dad, this is a really, really good story. And she's like, it hurts really bad right now, but this is a good story. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be able to change people's lives because of it. And my son was like, please tell everyone about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they mm -hmm. both have such a sweet, tender heart to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted to protect for them for so long. And I couldn't do that anymore. It was out of my control as was everything else. We had lost our everything. We had to sell our home, we had to sell, we had one car. Like we had lost it all, it looked like. Mm -hmm. But we had to lose it to gain it because um, the, the 90 days that he was in jail was very difficult. Um, you know, we spent that first week and a half grieving. The kids and I were at home just the three of us. I had family and friends that wanted to come stay with us, but I asked them to please let us have our time together. I wanted them to be comfortable in whatever grief looked like for them because they didn't have their dad with them anymore. Um, and we didn't know what that was going to look like in the long term. Um, and I just wanted them to be comfortable and okay with where they were. And I felt like being at home, just the three of us was the best. And so we spent several days just Together, Jeff was able to call very specific times of the day, and we only got a few minutes with him, but we so much adored the time we got to speak with him. We wrote him letters. Mm -hmm. um, at the facility that he was at, we couldn't visit him in person. We could go visit him for 30 minutes a week on a computer screen. You know, I thought for movies, like, there would be a glass, and at yes. least he would be on the other side. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> it was a very fuzzy compu uh, computer screen. We could barely even really see his eyes. It was, it was horrible. Wow. Um, and it was hard, but, um, my friend who actually took me to the gay Lord also reached out to me and said, would you please let me email your family and friends and what are your immediate needs and how can we help? And I said, no, 
I am a capable person mm -hmm. and I do not want to be a burden. I will figure this out. And she did not give me a choice. She's like, I'm going to do this. So you either tell me what you need or I'm going to try to guess. <laughs> mm -hmm. And within minutes of that email, I was getting Venmo notifications, PayPal notifications. My rent was covered. The kids' school was covered. A carb was paid for. God provided in ways and from people that I did not even know. My daughter's birthday was just a few weeks after he initially got locked up. And random people were sending her birthday gifts. Mm -hmm. And so it was tangible things like that mm -hmm. that showed me that God has not left me. But there were also things that weren't so tangible that also showed me that he didn't leave me. And while Jeff was um, locked away, it was difficult and it was hard. But God carried us through it. And he provided for us. And what I thought we needed, he made sure that it happened or above and beyond. Right. Um, meals were delivered to us. Like it was amazing. Um, in the beginning of the lawsuit, even four years ago, you actually sent me a bouquet of flowers. Do you remember this? I do. I and do. And yeah. the scripture Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight your battles. Just yeah. be still. Another verse that was given to me so many times throughout the years was Psalms 46.10, be still and know that I am God. And so in that time that Jeff was away from us, that's all I could do mm -hmm. was just be still, let God fight my battles mm -hmm. and know that he was there. And there is going to be a bigger and better purpose in all of this. Um, <clears throat> once Jeff was re released and put on work release, so work release was not an ankle monitor and him being home. Work release is actually, he's still in jail, but he's released to work for a certain amount of hours a day. Okay. Um, and then he has a few personal hours a week with the family. And we treasure that time with him. We adore it. Mm -hmm. it's, it it's, it's harsh that he went to jail and then went to work release. But honestly, from him going to jail to work release kind of prepared us for this time because we're still in the work release sentence right now. Um, had he gone immediately to work release, I think we would have thought for 18 months this was awful. Yeah. And as awful as it is, it's better than it was. Mm -hmm. um, so um, God has continued to provide for us and care for us. Um, the things that we used to treasure and cherish, we don't treasure and cherish anymore. We really find our true love and our true joy with each other and in God and in the fact that there is, we're not promised butterflies and rainbows. That's heaven and we're not there. <laughs> right. <laughs> we are promised trials and tribulations and we have gone through literal trials in courtrooms with judges yeah. who are judging us for our mistakes. Yeah. Um, but God has called us to so much more and there will be so much that comes out of this. Oh, for sure. It's just so crazy to think of all, I mean, what, what did we say? How many years? Five years? It'll be five years um, in June. Okay, so five years of just being in legal battle and court situations and, you know, your whole life has just been, like, uprooted, mm -hmm. right, and just flipped upside down. And so how would you compare, like, what would, what would you say is the difference between your marriage that day that Jeff left to work before receiving that uh -huh. news versus where it is now. So you're looking at the day that he left, you guys have, like the world is your oyster, right? Right, exactly. You've got everything you could ever want. Yes. All the material things, 
everything that people will look at you and be like, you're so blessed. Absolutely. You know what they I did. mean? Yeah. And then, so you take that day and just contrast that with today where your husband is still in jail. Mm -hmm. He's released to go to work. There's, you know, these are those situations where people be like, oh, you know, the shame. Like, how can you even like face other people? How can you go out in public? How can you do all that? And then what's the difference? So what is the, what's the dynamic? Um, it's, it's uncomparable. Um, we were lost and so um, confused back five years ago and we didn't even know it. Mm. Um, we love the Lord and we were, have been believers and we raised the children um, reading and, and praying, but <clears throat> there was something missing because we were striving for other things that were not what we needed to be striving for. Right. And through losing what looked like everything, we really gained so much more because we found that our value and our worth is in God and our love for each other. And for five years, um, it has been very stressful. And as you can imagine, marriage is already stressful. Mm -hmm. um, there were times when I did not think we were going to make it. In fact, right before he went away, I just, I didn't know if we were going to make it. And now that he's back and I have him with me, I'm not letting him go. Yeah. And I'm not letting our marriage go. And he's not either. And we're in such a better place because of this. That is so, I, I just love that. Like you, because we just see it through, I mean, we, we try to see life through rose colored glasses. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Thinking that it's going to be so much better if only we acquire more or if we have more. And then when we lose something or when we come up against, you know, these trials or whatever to, to stay close and, and tethered and tied to Christ means we're going to lose something. Like, it, it's going to cost yes, us something. it does. And sometimes it's, you know, it is the, the material things. It is the monetary things. But the gain of that, just like what you're saying, you know, and, and just thinking, too, of, you know, the scripture that says the joy of the Lord is our strength. strength. And so, you know, I kind of want to touch on that really quick about how you allowed people to serve you mm -hmm. and how you allowed the body of Christ to actually be the body because that is something that as women, you know, and I'm, and I'm sure men do it too, but I just, you know, speaking from a woman's perspective, because that's what I know, like we have that, that thing that does tell us, you know, something that I, you know, went through in my own grief, like you have to be strong. Mm -hmm. And there's a point where it's like, no, we don't. Mm -hmm. Because what then did it look like? Yes, you were, you know, you had to hold it together and keep things together to get through that weekend, mm -hmm. to get to Eden's dance, uh, you know, competition and, and to do all of that. But when that time came for, for the Lord to be like, it is in your weakness that my strength is, you know, perfected. What did your weakness look like before, you know, to show the kids, like, I'm fully depending on God? Um, so I think that Tell, in the time that I had to tell the kids what we had gone through, I w it seemed like we had been living almost a lie with the children. Although right. we wanted to protect them, we wanted them to think and that we were stronger than we were, and me as well. Um, and even, even Eden said, oh my gosh, Mom, how did you do that that weekend? It was literally only God that mm -hmm. did it for me and through me. Um, but... It was, in, it was in the moments that we were at home and I was with the kids and I was like, 
it's okay that they see that I'm weak right now. Yeah. It's okay that they see that I'm sad. It's okay that we're grieving this. It's okay that they see we've lost what looks like everything. It is okay because God, in that, he has such a mighty chance to come through. Mm -hmm. And he does. And he did. And they see that every day, all the time. They're, um, this is something that is you know, tattooed on us because we have to say goodbye to Jeff every night. Oh, this yeah. is not something that is going to be forgotten. And they know that not only my strength, but also their strength. You know, They were just saying the other day, we were talking about it and my daughter was like, it, it feels like it was a nightmare and it wasn't real. Like, how did we get through it? Mm -hmm. And my son was like, God, God brought us through it. And he absolutely did. And it was really hard for me to be on the receiving end as far as getting things from other people. Um, because, you know, and it's so ironic that my husband is labeled a thief and a felon. But early on in our marriage, he was, he came to me and said, I'm called to be a giver and mm. I'm going to make money, but I'm not making money for us. It's for something else. Um, I do think we lost that a little bit in the beginning. Um, mm -hmm. But the fact that we always gave and to be on the receiving end of it was humbling for sure. And like right. I said, I never wanted to be a burden to anyone, and I, but I didn't feel like that. Once the mill started coming and people were like, we want to do this for you. Yeah. Let us be the hands and feet for you right now when you cannot be. And it was, it was God that allowed mm -hmm. my weakness for him to show his strength. Yeah. And we, we don't realize too what, um, how we deny people the opportunity yeah. to exercise their gifts mm -hmm. and to be a blessing to people when we shut that down that or, or we refuse that. And, you know, something too that I see a lot with, with women as well in those situations is you think you're being strong by saying, no, mm -hmm. I can do this on my own. We can get through this when in fact you're just straight up being stubborn. And Absolutely. it's like, that's not what this is about. No, no. <laughs> like let your, let your children, let people around you see what complete dependence on the Lord looks, looks like. like. Because this isn't about us being strong and mighty. This is about God's glory. Absolutely. And so, you know, I just remember, you know, because we'd been texting throughout all of this. And there were times where, you know, I'd get a text back from you. And I could just sense both. I mean, there was. There was a tremendous amount of grief and despair. Mm -hmm. Like there was so much hurting. But always, there was always hope. There was. Always. I always could see that you still had hope. And so, and I used to love that. And then, you know, and I'm on the other side wanting to, to help out as well. And, and you're just trying to think like, what can I do? And you want to do so much more, but you don't realize seriously what just getting somebody a meal. It, it means so much a prayer. Yeah. There were moments when I couldn't pray. Yeah. And I felt horrible that I couldn't go to God and talk to him, but I couldn't. So I would send text messages. Hey, I need prayer. Mm -hmm. Please pray for me. That means a lot. And so when we say we're going to pray for someone, it's so important that we really do because I felt the prayers when I couldn't pray. Yeah. That, and, and again, we're like, oh, that, that feels like such a meaningless thing. It's huge. There's so much power in prayer. Mm -hmm. And just, yes, if you genuinely are on your knees before the Lord praying for 
you know, your friends, for the, the body who's hurting and, and has, like, kind of been really amputated at this point yes. or there is a serious injury, you know, to part of, part of our body. Like, that is our duty it is. To, to love them and to lift them up in prayer and, and don't think that, you know, that's how you move the hands of God is, is through prayer. So. And we definitely felt it and Jeff felt it, you know, and um, while he was locked away, I was like, God, please protect him. I don't know who he's with. Yeah. I don't know who he's bunking with. I don't know the people that he's with. I'm sure that there are people that deserve to be in there and then there's people that don't, but God, please protect him. And that was my main prayer. That, and then also me and the kids, because I am now at home. Um, by the time he gets home, like I said, we're in the middle of it. It'll be all, over 400 nights that he will not be with us. And we pray for protection mm-hmm. and for um, the purpose to be shown through this. And prayer is huge because we have not once felt unsafe. We have always felt like we have been protected. Oh, that's amazing. So kind of as we, you know, come to an end with this, um, just kind of what I'm asking ladies towards the, the end is, what do you say to that woman who has had this plan for her life or, you know, is thinking that this is how everything is going to be, you know, they're in that, I don't know what you would even want to call that, just in this place of maybe expecting, you know, like you're expecting life to go this way and when it just, like you collide with, it feels like a Mack truck. Yeah. You know, what, what is that, what is that extension of hope to the woman whose entire world has just been flipped upside down? To the, to the mom, you know, who suddenly finds herself a single mom, mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether that be through divorce or, you know, through situation like this, just anything like that. Just the woman who's like, I never, ever thought my life would be this. What would you say to her in that place? Oh man, I would say, I would have to say this two scriptures that were given to me, be still and know that I am God and the Lord will fight your battles. But also Mm -hmm. I know it sounds like such a, like a cliche Sunday school answer, but trust in God. Mm -hmm. Because he knows the end from the beginning. We only know the beginning to where we are right now. What is happening right now is not a surprise to him. And we are his children and he loves us. And yes, we're going to go through pain. We're going to go through sorrow. We're going to go through trials and tribulations. But he's going to be there with us the whole time. Mm -hmm. And so just trust in him the best way that you know how. And if that means asking others to pray for you because you can't, then then do that. If that means getting alone for a minute and telling him you're mad at him, mm-hmm. he can handle it. You can do that too. But it's so important just to trust. In Proverbs, it says, trust in him and lean not on your own understanding. I do not know if I will ever be able to wrap my mind around <laughs> what the last five years has looked like. Um, even just speaking it to you, it's crazy mm-hmm. that this is my story. Right. Um, I don't understand it, but I don't have to. Yeah. Because God knows. And, you know, I, I keep saying that there's a bigger purpose. And maybe I'll see it. Maybe I won't. Maybe my grandchildren will see it or right. maybe my children's children. But there is a bigger purpose. And we may not know what that is. We may never know what that is, but God does. And so just trust Him. Mm-hmm. So good. It's simple. It's but simple, but it's not easy. No. Uh, well, thank you so much for yeah. being here. Thank you for just sharing that all of that with us, because I know that's not easy to do. And I know that, yeah, 
we feel like if we just put that stuff out there that we're going to get judgment, but I don't think that that is the case at all. No, and at this point, you know, there's been a ton of judgment come our way, and it's another thing. Um, I'm not letting what the world thinks of me or what the lies are against our family mm -hmm. determine what I really am because that's not who God says I am. Amen. Mm -hmm. True to that. <laughs> yes. <laughs>